by and large, if you look at the research, if you look at the data, most people were pretty happy in the past with getting a salary and benefits and maybe knowing there were some options. And now the, the younger workers want to know where can they go with their career? What are the options? Are you helping me learn and continue to develop? Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your daily helping. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and you are going to love today's guest. Andy Storch is a talent development consultant, coach, connector, speaker, and host of two world-renowned podcasts, including the Talent Development Hot Seat and the Andy Storch Show. As a partner at the Advantage Performance Group, he connects companies with outstanding learning solutions that turn strategy into actions and get people doing the best work of their lives. Andy lives with his wife and two kids in Orlando, Florida, and is committed to getting the absolute most out of life and inspiring others to do the same. Andy, welcome to the show. Dr. Richard, thank you so much for having me on and for that wonderful introduction. I feel like maybe I've accomplished a few things in life, and yet I know that I'm just warming up and uh, a huge pivotal moment for me is making it on this show. I'm just absolutely honored to be here. I know you've had some really fantastic guests on. I've been following you and admiring you for a while. So thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. Kind words to be sure. Andy, I want to jump right into it. We talked about in your intro that you are committed to getting people inspired about living their best life, getting the most out of life. Talk to us about how that began for you? Were you, did you pop out of the womb and you were ready to start helping people or you're shaking your head no? So what what was that journey like for you? No, I have changed a lot. And I want to say that right now for your listeners who, if you're the type of person that listens to a lot of these podcasts and people that are doing a lot of great things and you think, oh, you know, how do they get to be doing all this stuff? And, you know, were they born that way? And maybe some of them were. I definitely was not. I was such a shy kid. I didn't know where I was going all the way through high school. I just knew I wanted to get into college and get a good job. And uh, I did get into the, the university I wanted to go to, the University of Florida. That was pretty much my dream. It stopped there. And I've been figuring things out as I go along um, with career. And I had ambitions career-wise. But as far as this mission I'm on now, to get the absolute most out of life and to inspire other people to do the same, uh, it all started when I first got into personal development about three years ago. And that was when I heard Hal Elrod on another podcast. I know you've had him on your show. Um, and he is an absolute hero and mentor of mine. Uh, having uh, I heard him on another podcast, read his book, The Miracle Morning. And uh, that just launched me into a huge journey of personal development where I started reading tons of books and listening to podcasts, going to conferences, starting with Hal's 
three years ago, I think, the Best Year Ever event. And then, you know, leading up to other conferences, like where you and I finally met in person at PodFest earlier this year. Uh, and just investing a ton in myself and development and learning and realizing what my strengths are, what I really enjoy doing, that I really, truly, my goal, one of my goals is to get the most out of life to really fulfill my true potential. And I want to take people with me. I want to help other people do that, especially those people who are in the place I was a few years ago where I just didn't know what I was doing, wasn't really living life very intentionally, being more reactive to things. And so I just feel like I'm on a mission. You know, my, my primary objective, of course, is to love and support my family. But then beyond that, I want to help everybody else around me and inspire people just like you do. I, I know you're on a similar mission. It's very interesting. And we have a lot of parallels, which we've discussed offline. And the Miracle Morning was kind of my entry, entry point as well into the personal development space. And Hal Elrod certainly is an amazing person for all that he's doing. But there's a lot of people who go out and say they're going to do this. Right? You know, it's this aspirational thing. I want to help people. I want to help kids. I want to do these things. Something you said that struck with me that was interesting is you framed it in the position of helping your family first. And I think that's really interesting because it, it puts us in a space where it makes this nebulous goal very concrete and very clear. Talk to us a little bit about how you've used that as a focus to help do the work that you do. Well, even beyond that, I'll I'll take it a step further or a step back and say that I think that helping myself is a primary objective. I think there are a lot of people that go around, you know, they're very selfless and they want to help others. And maybe they become counselors or social workers, which is, uh, you know, very noble. But I think the more work you do to help yourself, invest in yourself, the more you're able to help and inspire others. And that's, Generally, the method I use, the vehicle I use, is by doing a lot of things, uh, you know, investing in myself, doing a lot of learning, trying a lot of things, failing on things, succeeding in some things, and sharing a lot of that, which I do primarily through my personal development, my personal podcast, The Andy Stort Show, and all the things I do on social media. Is I want to share all of that because I can, I know I can help and inspire others, and I also I want to keep the most important thing in mind. I mean, you and I are both fathers, uh, husbands with two kids. And I think that we know, if we, we have to remember that at the end of the day, it's our family that is the most important thing to us, that they're always going to be there with us and we want to have a great life with them. And also, I think the more I do to build a business that supports my family, the more I do to connect with my family, that's also something that can inspire other people around me and who follow me as well. Without question. And I want to jump forward a little bit. You refer to yourself as a talent development consultant, which is interesting. Talk to us. What, well, let's, let's start here. What is talent development? And then how do you help people with that? Yeah. Uh, these, these are like vagaries, right? Of, of business. Right. Consultant could be anything. I remember over the years, I've been in consulting for nine years and I'll tell people I'm a consultant. They'll be like, what does that mean? That could mean anything. So I work primarily in the talent development space now. And uh, what that means is most large companies... So we've been talking about personal development, right? Investing ourselves. We go to conferences or seminars to learn how to get better for ourselves. Uh, a lot of big companies, most big companies, have people or departments who are responsible for talent development. That is, helping the employees in that company get better at their jobs, whether it's through technical skills or it could be uh, more soft skills 
where I focus more of my energy on things like leadership development, uh, strategy alignment. I run business simulations to help people understand how the company works, teach finance and business acumen. I do workshops on innovation as well as sales training and some other things. So it's really about helping people in large companies get better at their jobs, do the best work of their lives. And uh, my typical client is the head of learning and development or head of talent development at a large company who is responsible for that. Their objective is to help the company achieve its, you know, its big goals via the people in the company. And I want to help them achieve their goals and make them look like absolute rock stars uh, you know, in doing that work. And so I connect them with really great programs. And I see myself as a consultant because I take what I believe is a consultative approach, which is that I like to ask a lot of questions, truly understand what someone's objectives are, what their challenges are, what they're trying to do, and then make a recommendation based on that and help them implement something that's going to help them achieve their goals. So in that, you've been a consultant for nine plus years, and you're working in the corporate space of these large businesses. I I wonder if you could share with us, what are some of the emerging trends that you're seeing in large corporations that didn't exist 10 years ago? Yeah, there's a lot of interesting things going on. Uh, one of which is the workforce is changing, uh, and that's the demographics of the workforce is changing. People are staying in work longer. So the I think the fastest growing uh, age group in the corporate workforce uh, on a percentage basis is actually those in their 70s and 80s who never used to be in the work, you know, weren't really in the workforce in the past, but they are now because people are living longer. And of course, we've got. Um, the back half of uh, the millennial generation, the millennial generation is the largest percentage of the workforce now. And now we have Gen Z, um, those people born after, I think, 2002 mm-hmm. or after 2000, basically coming into the workforce now as well as, as new employees. And they kind of want different things. And so a couple of the things that are really changing with that are, one, people seemingly want to connect more with a purpose. They don't just care about getting money and security and benefits and going home at the end of the day. People want more of a purpose. They want to know what the company stands for and how do they connect to that. And I know, Dr. Richard, that you like to talk on this show a lot about purpose and help people connect to their purpose and their why. I think a lot of companies are being uh, encouraged and pushed into that by their younger workforce. Um, Number two, people want career development. They want to know where they are going with their careers. And again, this is a shift not that there weren't always people that were ambitious and wanted to know where they were going with their careers. But by and large, if you look at the research, if you look at the data, most people were pretty happy in the past with getting a salary and benefits and maybe knowing there were some options. And now the, the younger workers want to know where can they go with their career? What are the options? Are you helping me learn and continue to develop? Learning is much more important for them and flexibility is much more important. Can I go work at a coffee shop? Can I travel and work in other places? Um, that's becoming more important as well. And then the last thing I'll touch on that I think is we're just starting to see change is uh, I talk a lot on my podcast with my guests and with other people about the future of work and where things are going. You've probably heard about the quote gig economy and how that may be coming and more people are going to be freelancers or consultants or entrepreneurs. And that may be true. I think the big impact of the gig economy, especially within large companies, is that people are going to be doing a lot more project-based work versus Richard, Dr. Richard, I'm hiring you to be this type of financial analyst and that's what you're going to be in for your whole career. Instead, 
let's discover your strengths and maybe you do finance here, but maybe you can move into marketing and do some stuff there. Maybe you can move over to IT at some point in your career. And I think people are going to be able to move around, try different things, work on different projects uh, that leverage their strengths and that companies can be paying a lot more attention to that in the future. And therefore, I think also personal brand, professional brand is going to be more important for how and where people get jobs as well. Hey guys, Dr. Richard here. For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it, and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you, and I can't wait to see where you'll go. So I want to go back to the personal brand in a bit, but something you said really interested me. The gig economy, a lot of people talk about that as the future. And yet if you look at current workplace statistics, the number of small business startups have never been lower. So it's interesting in reconciling that. So what it sounds like is you're going to have more people serving as independent contractors, but still directly working toward, for another corporation in piecemeal projects, but still yeah. working towards corporations more so than going out and doing their own thing. That's interesting. Yeah, and I think there's going to be both. I, I, I'm curious about that data. I'd like to look at that too. And I wonder if there's also a lot of independent consultants out there like me who are 1099, but maybe don't count as a small business startup you know, mm. for one reason or another. And also, one thing I've noticed as I troll around LinkedIn all day, every day and connect with people on there, because that's I'm in B2B corporate sales. So that's where I spend most of my time on social media, is that you know, it seems like almost 50% of the, those target clients I'm looking at in the corporate world, they all have a side gig doing some consulting or some coaching or some speaking, or they've written a book on the side. I think more and more people are thinking about what's my side gig or my side hustle? Um, what can I offer? What kind of work can I do for other clients? Because I've got to provide a few more options because you never know what the future brings. And quite frankly, if you look also at you know the way companies work and that it is, we hear about how people jump around and change jobs more often. You know, In the old days, people would stay with companies for a long time and mm -hmm. companies would be very loyal to them and they would be loyal to the company. People leave now, they don't feel like they owe companies anything. And they certainly know that companies don't owe them anything and can let them go at any time. So I think more people are, are trying to find some side work to maybe provide a little bit more security for them. Totally makes sense. I, I, and along those lines, I want to jump back to the personal brand, the professional brand, because somebody, let's say, listening to the show who is an employee and doesn't have a personal brand. So you're a great example of this. You're, you're very well known in a number of spaces but you're still a consultant. And how does somebody get to a place, if somebody doesn't know how to begin building their personal brand, how do they do that? Yeah, this is one of my favorite subjects, especially because I think for you and I, who are you know maybe independent entrepreneurs, we hear a lot about the importance of a personal brand, right? There are people, a lot of people talking about that for entrepreneurs and it's sort of, it's, you've got to be putting content out there and creating your brand. Um, 
you don't hear as much about it in the corporate space, building that professional brand. There may be a lot of people who listen who think, you know, I'm never going to be an entrepreneur. I'm always going to work for companies, which is great. We need those people, right? And so I just need to do a great job and I'll be rewarded and I don't need to think about being that brand. And I think that, again, as we go into this future work, gig economy, more project-based stuff, it's going to be beneficial to have that, especially if you may be looking for a new job in the future. And here's how to think about it. Everybody has a personal brand. Everybody has uh, a reputation. People have think about you in some way or another, whether you like it or you try to control it or not, right? Everybody knows Dr. Richard. He's a very kind and generous man. He's very intelligent. He's got these assessments. Um, he wants to change and improve the world. Like you, You're known for that. Other people might be known for a short temper or for being, doing very great analytical work or um, for being very detail-oriented. Whatever it is, your coworkers know you for something. Now, taking control of your personal brand means being a little bit more intentional about that, being becoming more aware of your strengths, being able to maybe leverage those more, uh, showcasing some of your talents a little bit more, You know, not necessarily going around and bragging, but finding opportunities to showcase that, jumping on challenges that maybe fit your strengths or developing new challenge, challenges or, or sorry, strengths that might help you. Networking is really important, I think, for this. You know, connecting with more people who are doing the things that you maybe you want to do, so you can become more associated with that. Uh, and then the last piece, I think, is leveraging social media to share and um, build your brand that way. And now, it doesn't mean that you have to be posting all these strong points of view or making videos like I do every day on LinkedIn. It could just be sharing the latest article that you read. You know, you read a blog post or an article from Dr. Richard, or you read an article in Forbes that you thought was really helpful for you in being a better leader or a better entrepreneur or whatever it is. The more you're sharing that out there, uh, the more you're showing that you are committed to learning and getting better at your craft. You're showing the things that you're interested in, and you're trying to add value to others by sharing interesting articles and, and content with them, just like you would tell your friends about that great movie that you saw yesterday, and you want them to see it too, right? You want to be helpful and I think the more you do that, it's a long, long game. You're not going to get a lot of interaction and engagement on those posts. But you never know if you're the type of person that is staying in a job. Two, three years from now, you start looking for another job and recruiters or hiring managers go to look you up. Where are they going to go? Of course, they're going to start with LinkedIn. And they're going to look at LinkedIn and they're going to see, wow, this guy posted you know, 30 articles in the last year. He's obviously like very interested in getting better at his job. He's always learning things. He's always sharing stuff. I think that goes a long way to building what your personal brand and your professional brand looks like and helps you more in getting those jobs in the future when everybody's going to be looking you up online. These are great strategies. And, and I wonder if we could flip the coin here and talk about some, some no-nos, some things that you shouldn't be doing when you're trying to build that brand. Okay. So, um, the, you know, I think in this day and age, you can, you can do what you want with it. But obviously, I mean, there are some things that you kind of want to avoid. People get caught up, I think, in politics all the time, right? It's so easy to get sucked into the, the arguments, especially as, uh, you know, you and I are in the United States. I think we have another, uh, you know, midterm election or has rather a presidential election coming up next year. And things are going to start heating up online and so easy to get sucked into those things. But you got to remember that stuff it sticks and it's part of your reputation and people can go look at that. I actually saw an instance of this recently where uh, there was a, uh, a landscaper who did a lot of work for people in our neighborhood at, who got into a heated debate, political debate on Facebook 
And a bunch of people saw it and a lot of people revoked their business. They, they fired him basically because they saw that. Wow. You know, it's amazing, but this is the kind of stuff that's going to happen because you build your image and no matter how f- strongly you may feel about your side, there are going to be a lot of people who disagree with it, right? And those could be your potential customers, hiring managers, whatever. So I think politics is the biggest no-no. Being critical of others, you know, it's great to share a point of view and say, hey, I don't agree with this. I think things can be this way. But to call names, you know, to help say that person's an idiot for thinking this, uh, that's going to come across really poorly. People don't want to see that. I never want to see that. And then maybe getting a little too personal. I think in this day and age, getting personal is really good. People want to know that you're into your family and having fun and see your travel photos and stuff. And I think it's fine to share that. Great to share that in a professional manner. But you know, maybe the, uh, the drunk photos or the bachelor party <laughs> or whatever might not go over well if you're trying to get that next job and those are, if those are public. Uh, but I don't know. Can you think of any other? I'm sure there's other things that I'm not thinking of. It, it's interesting. You said a couple of things. Even, even as far back as 2007, mm-hmm. a lot of universities were using social media profiles to determine whether or not that they would continue to allow applicants who they had offered a spot in universities to come to their school. Wow. And so there were, when I used to speak on internet safety to parents many years ago, I would caution them that very thing because they're, they're teenagers who get into the, the dream school. Imagine how devastating it would have been for you to get into Florida, your dream school, and one foolish weekend of pictures. And they literally have people in departments whose job is to go look at these social media profiles and find them. And, yeah. and so you know, hiring managers can do the same. So I think you're right. I, I think because how ingrained social media is in our society, that absolutely there are things you can highlight. You know, family at the beach with tasteful pictures and things like that. But um, shenanigans definitely do not belong anywhere where a potential employer, coworker, or client. Yeah. Unless, it's, unless it's part of your brand and part of... Right. Maybe you're a party planner, right? I mean, <laughs> there, right. Is, there are... There are times and places, um, but if you're in, you're trying to get a job as a vice president of finance somewhere, and they go to look you up and and just see, uh, you know, alcohol everywhere, it just it 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 just reeks of irresponsibility, right? <laughs> and you're in a financial, you're in a very like highly responsible position, so you just got to be careful about that stuff. Absolutely, Andy. I want to I want to take a few minutes and talk about your two podcasts. So share with us what listeners will get out of tuning into those. Great. Well, I have to, as I mentioned, as you mentioned, um, I started a podcast about entrepreneurship. Uh, that was my first podcast years ago. And uh, it was all because I wanted to, I was working a consulting job for a company and wanted to get back into running my own business. And I know a lot of your listeners are entrepreneurs. So you can appreciate this. I felt this pull. I didn't know what to do. And so I started going out and interviewing a lot of different entrepreneurs. And uh, that helped me so much on my journey to learn what other people are doing, get inspired. Uh, and eventually, I made a shift because I realized that while I love entrepreneurship, I like talking about all things personal development and really want to share more of what I'm learning with a lot of really great connections I have out there like you um, and the people I'm learning from and the lessons I'm learning. Uh, and I wanted to talk about the things that I think have helped me become who I am. And so I started The Andy Stort Show. I changed that to The Andy Stort Show which is more about personal development. My tagline is starve your fears, follow your dreams, and get the most out of life, fulfill your true potential. I see how fear holds so many people back 
in so many areas. And I mean, you're nodding. I know you see it too. And we all have fear that holds us back in different places. Uh, I study this and I see it every day with people. And it's normal. It's nothing to be ashamed of. But I want to help people get past their fears to truly follow their dreams. Because that's what the Andy Stewart Show is all about. And then for anybody interested in you know, corporate talent development, developing people, becoming a better leader, a better manager, uh, I started the Talent Development Hot Seat about uh, a year and a half ago. And that's all about... Uh, I interview a lot of talent development leaders, a lot of thought leaders in the, like, the leadership space um, to learn what they're doing, best practices, share challenges, that sort of thing. And uh, that podcast has grown so much because it's in a little bit more of a niche space. And my network has grown so much and I've learned so much from doing that podcast. And I know a lot of people have reached out to me that it's helped them and their jobs getting better at learning and development, talent development, and developing their people, becoming better managers. Uh, and I really appreciate that. And that's all because of the great guests that I've brought on. Um, but it's grown so much that we're now... Uh, my friend Bennett Phillips' partner and I are hosting a conference this November called the Talent Development Think Tank uh, that's coming up November 6th and 7th in Sonoma, California. And that's all about helping people in talent development, learning and development, uh, get better at their jobs, um, get better at developing their people, and um, you know, really helping their companies go back and accelerate their strategy execution and, and achieve their goals. I love that. Tell us where people can find out more about that conference. Uh, so the conference, again, is called the Talent Development Think Tank. It is going to be... And I'll t- I want to tell you why, because I know you're big on why and purpose, why I started that. I go to a lot of conferences, both in the entrepreneurial space, the podcasting space, and the HR and talent development space. And uh, I found in that space in particular that while I met some interesting people, I learned from some speakers, uh, it's just so boring. They're all so boring. It's all like death by PowerPoint and uh, not very interactive or engaging. So I, w- I saw an opportunity to start something that was going to be a lot more interactive, engaging, uh, fun, exciting, really connect people, bring people together, help people learn from each other, share best practices, solve real problems. And so we got some great speakers, but we're going to also have a lot of really interactive sessions. That's going to be again in, in Sonoma, California, November 6th and 7th. And you can get tickets at talentdevelopmentthinktank.com. And for those in the car or at the gym, we've got you covered. We'll have everything Andy Storch available at thedailyhelping.com as well as in the Daily Helping app available in iTunes and the Google Play Store. Andy, we are at time. I knew this was going to be a fun conversation and I'm grateful you came on the show. As you know, I like to ask my guests a single question and that is, what is your biggest helping? That one most important piece of information you want somebody to walk away with after hearing our conversation today? My biggest piece of helping that I think is really going to help people, uh, I really love helping people think about living their life more intentionally. And so mine is to take full responsibility for everything going on in your life. If there are some things that you want to get better at, things where you feel like you could or should be spending more time, think about what your priorities are. Try to align those with the way you're living your schedule and take full responsibility for everything going on in your life. Don't worry about what other people are doing. Don't be a victim to what society is doing or telling you. Take full responsibility. Live life intentionally. Set big goals. Connect with your purpose and go out and have a great life. All good stuff. Andy, where can people connect with you? Uh, I am all over social media. The best places are on LinkedIn where I'm active and posting every day. Uh, You can find me at Andy, A-N-D-Y, Storch, S-T-O-R-C-H. I'm on Instagram, Andy Storch, and I've also got a website, andystorch.com. 
perfect. Andy, this was awesome. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. Dr. Richard, thank you so much for having me. This was an absolute pleasure. I'm honored to be on. I love your mission. And uh, this was a lot of fun. Take care. Absolutely. And each and every one of you who chose to listen to this show, thanks to you as well. If you like what you heard, go subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review because this is what helps other people find the show. But most importantly, go out there today and do something nice for someone else, even if you don't know who they are, and post it to your social media feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping because the happiest people are those that help others.